This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Voice the Colors Podcast. I am your host, Stephen Igo, back with you on this Monday evening. Unfortunately, got some bad news to share. Was hoping that I would not have to do this podcast. Unfortunately, thought I would likely have to do this podcast just based on ECU basketball history and kind of how these things go. And especially after Joe Dooley was let go at the end of the year, kind of had a feeling this was coming. Was hoping that somehow ECU would find a way to retain the services of Tristan Newton but it was not meant to be as Tristan Newton the all-conference guard second team all-conference selection third lean scorer in the American Athletic Conference leading scorer on ECU's basketball team has entered the transfer portal and we were holding out hope for those who cover the program obviously for those of you guys who are East Carolina fans that Michael Schwartz the new basketball coach would find a way to retain Tristan Newton but I just think with ECU moving on from Joe Dooley, this is kind of the the path that this was likely to go. Will not be the last ECU player on the current roster to enter the transfer portal. Likely others told maybe to enter the transfer portal. You've got the potential of some that elect to move on themselves as well. Uh, We'll have to continue to see how those things play out in the coming days. But, man, there was a wave of transfers that hit the portal specifically today to kind of begin this new week leading into the final four if you think this is just an ecu problem you are sorely sorely mistaken this is happening everywhere across the country there are key players at several schools entering the transfer portal whether it be looking for a better fit looking for a more winning program uh, looking to transfer up looking to transfer down i mean the transfer portal pandemic in college sports is just at an all-time high and, you know, that that's the lay of the land the NCAA has created. And I'm not going to sit here and lecture anybody about the transfer portal or whether they should or should not transfer. But uh, it, the, the option is there. Tristan Newton took advantage of it, and ECU will now try to replace their leading scorer, their best player for the second consecutive year. You know, I think Mike Schwartz, from what I heard, did everything he could to bring Tristan Newton back. But the reality is, I mean, it, it just, it was going to be tough to make it work. And, you know, the, I've already had some people ask me, is there a chance he comes back? I mean, technically speaking, once you enter the transfer portal, yeah, you can still recruit a guy back to your school. It doesn't mean he has to leave, but I, I think this is past the point of no return. I mean, Mike Schwartz may still try and retain Tristan Newton, but if he's entering the transfer portal, he probably doesn't have much of a commitment to the school, if any, going forward. And I think Mike Schwartz has to move forward 
as if he will not have Tristan Newton. And I would not expect Tristan Newton to return at this point. Otherwise, he would not be in the portal. So uh, keep an eye on a couple of places in particular. Of course, Newton, the other the other factor of this is, I mean, the, the guys from El Paso, Texas, was over oversaw, or I guess overlooked coming out of high school, despite being uh, one of the all-time leading scorers in the state of Texas. Averaged something crazy like 30 points a game, but didn't ha- play a ton of competition, but still could absolutely put it in the bucket. Did not get offered by UTEP, his hometown team, and that was a different regime. There's been a lot of UTEP fans who are saying, hey, Tristan, and his brother Jawan, who is also in the transfer portal, come back home to UTEP and play your college basketball, finish out your career at UTEP in your own backyard. I, I think that's a possibility, especially for Jawan Newton, who's transferring from Evansville as a grad transfer. But I think Tristan Newton has a chance to go play at an extremely high level. I mean, Jaden Gardner was highly sought after last year, and he had some warts on his game. Look, Tristan Newton is not a perfect player. He doesn't have elite athleticism or speed, but he is a 6'5 guard who can handle the basketball, who can shoot, who gets to the free throw line, is an elite free throw shooter, can defend one through three, I mean, he is going to be one of the more highly sought-after guards in the country. Yes, he makes some boneheaded plays at times, but I think even with the right coaching, his game can go to another level, and I would not rule out a professional future in his uh, in his future just because of the way he plays and his size and length at the point guard position is just incredibly tough to find. So Tristan Newton's career done after three seasons at ECU. He is the second straight all-conference scorer, 1,000-point scorer to leave the program. Uh, as Jaden Gardner did it the previous offseason, he ended up at the University of Virginia. Uh, Tristan Newton, I think, will have an opportunity to join Steve Rockefort at Texas A&M. Steve Rockefort, of course, was on Joe Dooley's staff and recruited him, really handled his recruitment, really found Tristan Newton. And now that Joe Dooley's gone, I don't think Steve Rockefort has any allegiance to not taking Tristan Newton away from ECU. If Joe Dooley would have came back, no chance that Newton would have had or that he would have been recruited into the portal, let's say, behind the scenes by Rockefeller. But I think with Dooley being let go at that point, it's open season. Not saying Tristan will definitely end up at A&M, but I would be shocked if that's not one of his top choices. Then you've also got wherever Joe Dooley lands. I've heard offers on the table from schools like UCLA, NC State, Louisville. Any of those places that Joe Dooley lands could very well be a top option for Tristan Newton. So those are the three places I really look for. Of course, you'll have a lot of the Texas schools, Texas Tech, Texas, many of those programs that reach out to Tristan as well. We'll see where he stands. But the, the bigger part of this from an ECU perspective is what it means for the team going forward. And we'll see how Mike Schwartz, the new East Carolina basketball coach, approaches the rest of this offseason. But, you know, the fact of the matter is, ECU was probably looking at a rebuild of at least some sort, if not a complete rebuild, with the coaching change. We heard, as I've alluded to on the show before, if Joe Dooley was back, there was a plan in place to retain Tristan Newton and to bring in his brother, Jawan Newton, the transfer from Evansville, who entered the transfer portal earlier this week. That was already basically set up by firing Joe Dooley. ECU effectively not only uh, got rid of his head coach, but also ended up losing his best player. And look, there was no guarantee that this plan from Joe Dooley would come to fruition. I mean, Tristan Newton was still going to be recruited to the portal, but this was the plan in place, and it likely, at least from from the sources on Dooley's staff, believe it would have happened. 
Instead, the Pirates are now at a point where they are rebuilding the roster, and this is nothing against Mike Schwartz. That he is uh, he's stepping into a situation that um, you know I think a lot of people are excited about his future with the program, but just in the short term, immediate future, losing your best player, losing your top scorer, definitely puts a dent in uh, your, your hopes for next year in terms of fielding a 500 or better team, a competitive team in the American Athletic Conference. I mean, you're losing 17 points a game, you're losing 150 assists. Uh, five, six rebounds a game, five assists a game, your team leader in steals, a guy who can defend all over the the, uh, the, the perimeter. So this is a major player to replace. Uh, we'll continue to, to monitor the roster, see who goes, who stays, but I think it's critical, obviously, that Mike Schwartz either develops a point guard on the team or finds a point guard of some sort or a versatile guard uh, in the transfer portal. And, and again, there are so many guys entering the portal. You're going to see a ton of schools that are reaching out to players, establishing initial contact. Eventually, we'll see some ECU players uh, or some, some players with ECU ties being reached out to by the, the new Pirate staff. But it's going to take a while to sort through this stuff. I, I, I encourage you all to remain patient. ECU is going to be active in the transfer portal. They're going to be active trying to recruit some high school kids, and they're going to be active trying to develop their uh, their players who will return. This is going to be a, a roster that probably does not really start to take shape, at least for another few weeks, if not a month or two. It's going to take time. ECU is not going to be the top option for a lot of these kids in the transfer portal. It's going to come down to relationships on the East Carolina staff, and there's going to be a trickle-down effect. Some of these schools are going to fill up on scholarships, and then that's when East Carolina can strike with with Mike Schwartz and his staff. And, of course, they're going to go after some some really high-level guys. But, um, you know, ECU is, is not at the top of a lot of people's lists. So we'll see how this transpires. Again, still some things to look forward to on the roster coming back. I'm, in, uh, I'm interested to see what happens with Brandon Suggs. We know him and Tristan were tight. Brandon, a key player for ECU the last few seasons, I think would be a pretty ideal fit for Mike Schwartz's system with his length and his versatility to guard multiple spots you know does he want to stay at ECU and potentially be one of the top players or does he want to go somewhere else and get a fresh start uh Winston Tabs, former you know really talented scorer at Boston College didn't play at all last year after transferring in under Joe Dooley due to a knee injury what is his status does he give it another go at ECU You've got Tremont Robinson-White, who's now going to graduate from East Carolina. He's got one year of eligibility remaining due to the COVID year. You know, pretty steady point guard, good perimeter defender. Does he return under Mike Schwartz? Is he invited back? And if so, does he want to come back for what would be a fourth year at ECU, a rare fourth year as a JUCO player? You've got several guys in this last year's freshman class, Alexis Reyes, Javon Small, R.J. Felton, Tay Mosher. Brandon Johnson, Marlon Lesson, that's six freshmen. I'm going to venture to say not all of those freshmen are invited back. You know, we did see some promise, especially from guys like R.J. Felton, who's extremely athletic, um, you know, physical. Uh, we, we saw Brandon Johnson in the paint really show some promise early in his freshman season after transferring in from Brunswick Community College. Didn't see as much of Marlon Lesson, Javon Small, and Tay Mosher nor Alexis Reyes, but we did see a little bit of Reyes and Small. Um, and Leston, you know, mainly came in as a defensive replacement and, you know, a guy who could get some rebounds. But 
really a, a lot of unknown with that freshman class at this point. I, I think for sure we know that Felton can compete athletically in the American. How does he fit Mike Schwartz's system? And then the other five guys I just don't think we know enough about. I think Brandon Johnson for sure eventually if he gets stronger can play in the American, you know, athletic body, um, you know, good burst, pretty good shooter for a big guy. You know, still got some other pieces to figure out. Alonzo Frank, who transferred in from South Carolina, he's got another year of eligibility remaining. So just a lot of questions with this roster. Luigi Debo, what happens with him? He's got another year of eligibility remaining despite being a graduate. And so it's a, a lot up in the air right now. And Schwartz still putting his staff together. There are a few players in the transfer portal for the coaches that he's putting uh, putting on staff. Did those guys get a look at coming to ECU with those relationships? So there's still a lot to 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 play out here. The, the most discouraging thing, though, with the, the loss of Tristan Newton is the inability for ECU's program to continually sustain not only momentum in terms of wins and losses on the court, specifically wins. I guess they've technically maintained momentum with losses at times. But maintaining your star players has been just, you know, we've talked about it so often over the years. We've seen so many good players come through and just not have the team success they want and end up transferring out. Started with Jaden Gardner most recently. Now Tristan Newton. But, I mean, that is – there's been so many more guys in the history of Pirate Athletics, even before the transfer portal became a thing. It's just been so tough to retain key players and develop young talent. And, you know, I think this was inevitable to some extent with the coaching change. And I'm not going to count this against Mike Schwartz. Again, this is college basketball. And in a coaching change, this is all the more common. I mean, you're seeing even now at Temple, one of their best players, Jeremiah Williams, just hit the portal. And they didn't have a coaching change. So, this just happens everywhere. It's frustrating to deal with. The good news is, if you're East Carolina, you can benefit from the transfer portal. The bad news is, you could easily develop talent and then lose those guys. We've seen Tristan Newton, specifically from his freshman year to now, develop and improve so much and still has room to grow. And to lose him to the portal hurts. I mean, it it, it is frustrating. And unfortunately, it's something that a lot of schools have to deal with. While ECU ends up losing a kid that played a lot and was successful. You've got, let's say, quote-unquote, bigger programs or programs that make the tournament more often, more stack rosters. They're losing guys that don't have the chance to develop or don't want to stay patient, like a Walker Kessler at UNC last year who transfers to Auburn after not playing a whole lot and becomes a star player. So it's just uh, it's a, it's a new wave of college athletics, and it hits basketball, I think, more so than any because the transfer process was already pretty rampant even before the portal, and now it's even that much easier due to the immediate eligibility granted to so many players, especially that first time around. And in reality, a lot of these players will transfer a second time after graduating and still be granted immediate eligibility. So, uh, again, tough day to be a pirate. Just wanted to hop on, share some words. This is not going to be a long podcast at all. It's my birthday tomorrow, and this is the second straight year Jaden Gardner transferred on my birthday last year. Tristan Newton transfers on the eve of my birthday this year. Not to make this about me, but can the guys like not pick a, a better few days to enter the transfer portal? I'm trying to enjoy some downtime for once, and instead we have to get up here and talk negative news. So that's a little frustrating, but hey, part of the job. And again, Tristan was always a class act. Um, 
you know, so I wish him the best going forward. I have no ill will against Tristan. Obviously would have loved to have seen him stayed. But these guys are getting pulled in a million directions by handlers, advisors, all that stuff. So at the end of the day, it's very tough to remain at ECU, a place with very little tradition, and continue to uh, potentially endure some more frustrations. There's no guarantee next year's team is going to be better than this past year's team or better than the first three years that Tristan Newton was here. He could go play on a, a big national stage and succeed. And so I wish him the best. I hope he makes it to the pros. I hope him and Jaden Gardner make it to the pros. We'll see. Time will tell. Uh, but I am excited about Mike Schwartz and what he can bring in here. He's going to be able to offer immediate playing time. He's going to be able to offer a new era of pirate basketball. Uh, I think he is going to be a very good recruiter. He's putting together a solid staff from what we know. And uh, I, I think he will bring in some additions. You know, We'll have to see if there are more of the immediate impact guys or the long-term guys, uh, but we'll have a lot to cover in the coming weeks, and we'll see who he can retain among the key players left over on the roster. So we'll continue to follow this thing in the uh, this thing in the coming days, coming weeks. My guess is we will see more power to the transfer portal. We'll react to that as necessary, and we'll also react to any incoming ad- additions or commitments as well on the recruiting trail as Mike Schwartz's first offseason begins to take shape with the Pirates. So wish we had better news to share. Unfortunately, the Pirates are looking to replace their top score yet again as Tristan Newton enters the transfer portal. All right, we will talk to you guys next time. Just wanted to give you a quick emergency podcast. We are out. We'll talk to you in a few days. Picture this, it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road, the steeper the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. 